to the party. Bung bung. We've got a fantastic guest today. Flash 89, affectionately known as PK. Paul Cronenberg is here. And man, he's, you know, he's a DJ, a producer, making music. And man, he's just, he's loving it. And he's um, I've known him since I was in high school. We used to play volleyball together. We, I, oh, sorry, high school. Since I was in elementary school, we went to elementary school together, um, and went to high school together. Then, you know, I took off, did my thing for, you know, 10 years or something and back made it full circle, still friends and still seeing each other a fair bit. And he has had a fair bit of success with the, the music side of things. And, uh, he seems to really be enjoying it. I don't know anything about um, how to do what he does, but he does what he can to explain it to me, and um, I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, please welcome Flash 89. Come on, let's generate. Um, so, Flash 89. Hey. Um, <laughs> the, the name comes from your favorite superhero, The Flash, mm. well, and your birth year. It does. So, lucky, lucky you don't have a favorite superhero that's got a shitty name. <laughs> what if you were Aquaman 89? Or... Superman 89 doesn't work, does yeah. it? it doesn't work at all. <laughs> Wonder Woman 89? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Nah. I thought it was cool, like, because I actually, I think Flash works, it's got a bit of a retro feel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I always think of Queen. Like, that, you know, um, what's that movie? Flash. Oh, Save the Universe. You know that one? No. What? You don't know it? Who's in it? Oh, dude, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have a think now. I've just, I've gone blank, but... No, Queen sorry. did the soundtrack for this like 80s show Wayne's World dude no not even close wait no they're <laughs> <laughs> in that but um, I'm just trying to think but Flash like um, like Flash sort of like tattooing and stuff is like old school as well I don't even know what that is well, well there that, you means, go. that means two of us <laughs> a couple of clueless cunts <laughs> no idea um so, when when did the interest in music start? Um, it started uh, a while back. Like obviously, we went to school together. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a sport back in the day, and we went to a music school. I had no interest in music back then. Yeah. And then I then I um, and then I found dance music. Actually, just interesting. Actually, because even after when we turned eighteen, I still hated clubbing. I thought it was crap. Like I just didn't get around it. Didn't understand it. And I think when I actually did enjoy music, uh, well, I've always enjoyed music in general, but when I actually figured that I wanted to do something with it was um, when I went to a music festival, Parklife, 2008 or 9. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of saw the way dance, like, you know, I saw a lot of, you know, a lot of electronic acts like Fake Blood and Plump DJs. And I saw the response from the crowd and the way the, the like, the they kind of gave off their energy. And that's what kind of got me into it. Right, so it was the it was it was more the energy of the crowd than it was the the actual music, or 
It's just the vibe that the dance, that dance music and electronics music kind of generates, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was really cool. Like, I found that I enjoyed it as well. Not just the, the crowd, but like the, the music started to really click with me, I guess. You know, I had this kind of like epiphany moment or, you know, the little thing. I was like, damn, this is sick. Right. And then from there, I started like, it slowly became an obsession. Like, I was like, man, this is sick. Started listening to like, just, just like anything else. Like, you become interested in, you become obsessed with it. I was just focusing on electronic music, um, listening to it more and more and more. And then I was like, shit, I mean, I can't really do much else than listen to it. So I started DJing it. And then as I started DJing, I was like, well, I want to be a bit more than just a DJ. And I wanted, and then it progressed into producing. So, and here I am now. Okay. So what do you do? You get home from park life and go straight to the music shop and buy your fucking equipment or how, how do you progress? Shit. Things have changed since now. then. I'm just thinking back. It wasn't like going to a record store. It was like... What was it? SoundCloud was big then, I reckon. It was SoundCloud. Right, so you were doing everything digitally. It was all, yeah, it was all digital. But like, you had, you said you were DJing first, so you had to go buy that equipment, right? Oh, yeah, so... How quickly would you have done that after you were I reckon, um, inspired to I reckon start? Probably six months, and it's funny, because one of my ex-girlfriends, um, um, she... She was going out, like, as I was getting in more into more and more clubbing, and I started to become, I guess, a bit of a club rat, um for lack of a better word, um, I remember my ex-girlfriend started dating a DJ. I was actually really reluctant to become a DJ because I was like, fuck, I don't want to look like I'm just being like him. Do you know what I mean? Right. In the end, I just was like, screw this. So maybe a year in, I um, I decided to buy my own decks and kind of, and then I was obviously hanging around with a lot of friends that were really involved with dance music, um, like Chet. Yep. Um, who's, you know, my load now, but he worked at Rocket for a long time. Um, and yeah, so I progressed from that to DJing. And then, yeah, from I reckon I started to get somewhere in DJing maybe three years in. Started playing as a resident in Adelaide. Yep. But um, I always looked at these other guys that I wanted to be a bit more than that. And I found that my way of doing that was producing records because they weren't doing it. And that was the progression. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, so while you were DJing, you were also playing originals? So when I was DJing, I started playing like really focusing like during my first undergrad degree even that was kind of my um my hobby i guess i was starting to really focus on trying to write records and make them from scratch and you know produce your own thing and then be able to play that in your set rather than someone else's record right and from there i I always felt that you could get a bit more out of it yeah there has to be a bit more pride in in that yeah as well yeah so what's what's the process for writing a song like do you have do you have something in your head before you start or do you just sit there and start playing around? How, yeah, it's yeah. a bit more tinkering. Like I kind of just sit there. It, I mean, it's always changing, but generally it's, um, you know, you just sit there start writing a beat or you have a sample, like an acapella or a sample or mm-hmm. something because, you know, especially with what I'm writing at the moment is house music. It's just, it's all sample based. Um, and that'll be the way, like you start with your beat and then you try and get, you know, like a hook, like sort of it'll be a vocal and you'll get your bass. And um, once you've got a dope groove, then you just, it, it goes from there, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your undergrad. Mm. So you're a sonographer? Yeah, my day job's ultrasound. So I do um, uh, sonography, which is, yeah, the fancy title for ultrasound. So ultrasound should be the name of your first festival that you make. Ultrasound, yeah. yeah. That, could, dude, that could work. <laughs> That'd be sick. I, I, I'm around it. You, you heard it here first. Yeah. Welcome to the party, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Right. 
so so how do you how do you find a balance between um scanning pregnant bellies and impregnating people's ears with your music it's funny that eh? um balance is probably the 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 biggest juggling acts i do i guess you know what i mean like especially the age i'm at now where everyone's kind of um you know everyone's working everyone's kind of buying houses and stuff and 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 having children and doing all that grown-up stuff yeah and i've always had this thing in my gut that kind of says like there's part of that you're subliminally influenced to kind of you know do all that but then there's a part in like that in, in your gut that goes like you know you won't that's you don't want to like you won't be happy doing that and it's more than subliminal at this point with social media it's like hmm. it's like everybody look look what time it is like yeah 100 percent. the clock's ticking exactly right and like from the get-go even like i've done my undergrad degree which i did in sports science and then i you know i've always enjoyed sport back like since high school and then what i do i did post-grad sonography so that's how i got into this Mm -hmm. but even from like studying um post-grad i was always um really what's the word um I i can't think of the word I was always determined to like do it my own way. So like, for instance, uh, when I was studying I, with my work, I was always like, look, I can't do this. I need roster days off to be able to do mm-hmm. my second job, which is music. And um, I was the first person to do that where, in, in my, where I was working. I got, you know, eventually I got, got what I want, like <clears throat> got what I wanted to be able to juggle both. And then, um, then everyone else started doing it. Because they were like, why does this guy get to do it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Which right. Which I found funny. Yeah. But then, like, even to this day, like, I work four days a week um, doing ultrasound and, um, you know, three to, or every other spare time that I get is dedicated to music, really. Did you meet Frank yet? Frank. I suppose he would be... Should I know Frank? I suppose he would be my uncle-in-law or something. I don't know. My mum's... You're talking about Benson's. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking about music. I was like, Frank. Probably met Frank before... <laughs> Oh, yes, Frank. No, um, no, I haven't yet. Oh, actually, no, Frank. I know Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a doctor. Mm. He's like a really nice guy. Mm. He's actual legend. He's one of the doctors, the few doctors that are really nice. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, this burger is delicious. I haven't got into it yet. It's um, falling apart in my hands. So I won't be able to touch any of the recording equipment. But that's fine. Oh, I'm getting stuck into this as well. What is it? Sweet Lou's. Free plug to Sweet Lou's at Glenelg. Does it get a pass? It gets a pass. Yeah, I mean... Alright. I probably need some sort of... Uh, uh, Where is t- Sweet Lou's, man? Paper, paper towel. I've never seen it. Mmm. I don't know, Bridge. So you went to Motherload, Chet? Yeah, I've been there twice. Rated? Sick? Yeah. Still haven't had my opportunity to go yet. I haven't been in the fringe yet. He did a good job. Um, Mother Load, everybody, is a chicken nugget spot that our friend developed. He specializes in chicken nuggets, chicken nugget sandwiches. Um, they've got a vegan option, which is uh, cauliflower nuggets, which I actually tried, and they're actually delicious. They don't sound really? delicious, but they taste delicious. Yeah, because cauliflower sucks usually. Yeah. Whatever the coating is and the spices and shit that they put on there is nice. So this burger has coleslaw, fried chicken. Tastes like it's got like cumin seeds in the 
The hell of cumin seeds. Batter or something. It's used lots in uh, curries, but I got guac online as well. I got added guac. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, one step ahead of me. For a thousand dollars. But, um, <laughs> if it stayed together, mm. it would be, this is like, um, this is like a probably 7.5 out of 10. Is that bad? Well, good. 7.5. That's I, I, I think that's a pretty good score. I recommend that to a friend. Yeah, I'm trying to give this a good score. Mm. I'm six, just like... Six would be pushing it. I've been to... I've been to this place and I talk about it almost every week on the podcast. Chin Chins in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Best meal I've ever had in my life. Is there one in Sydney? I think I've been to I think I've been there. I don't know. I've not spent a lot of time in Sydney. Mm, so much to do this. You were just in Sydney, weren't you? Um, and yeah, by just like December last year. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of just, I guess. That was December when we, because you had the Pinau remix. Yeah, it was late November. Yeah, because I did a rem- I did the remix for Pinau. Was that before Christmas? It came out just before Christmas. It actually came out on my birthday. So we went to HQ, the club in Adelaide, the that, new HQ. That's right. For their yeah, so the Pinau Australian tour. Yep. Yeah. So when was that? That was close to Christmas. That was like really close to Christmas, okay. like two, like the week before. Okay. And a month before that, the remix came out. Right. So you went to Sydney, and what I were you didn't. doing there? Yeah. So <clears throat> um, I'm on the re- like got on the remix pack for um, the Go Bang release with Pinyao, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. Like especially for me being you know a no name. <laughs> me to play the, their after party at, after the ARIA Awards where they won best dance track of the year for the I think for um, it was Chameleon which oh. was sick so I played the after party for, after them is that them Chameleon yeah they, so they've written Chameleon they've written so many good records like from from years ago as well where they worked with um, is it Lady Hawk Embrace you, excuse me you know a whole bunch of, of their records man I've got guac in my beard yeah I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> oh Trying to be polite here. Yeah. Um, Lady Hawk. I'm not sure. Um. So, Pinyao, would they would they be classified as house as well, same genre as you? Or oh man, it's hard to, to categorize people these days. But um, if anything, you'd probably say indie. That's my opinion. Indie okay. in, in like an indie dance act. Like I'm a big fan, so it was like an honor to remix them. A remix, um, go bang, um, and it's just nice to remix a record they actually enjoy. I've worked with other dance projects before and spent a lot of time, like I've had a lot of experience trying to remix records that I didn't even like. And it's, you know, it's you can be it's a lot more can be a lot more creative when you're remixing something you actually vibe. How do you go about um, permissions and stuff for remixes? Well. In this case, they asked um, their label approached me to. Um, to remix them. Oh, that's awesome. So they they just knew about you already. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I can't remember. Um, but they asked, yeah, they were like, look, um, you know, we'll, we'll give you a crack again because I was a no-name. Or yeah. I am a no-name. And then, um, 
So, and they were like, look, if it's good enough, we'll put it on the pack. And then, um, you know, it's obviously on the pack and it's what's, doing pretty well. What's on the pack? Oh, so the pack is, um, so when, uh, when, a, when a, a release comes out, generally they'll have like a, um, a remix pack, you know, like maybe three or four artists, maybe oh, yeah. one to four of different genres or, you know, whatever they want to do with it. Mine was probably one of the tech house genres that I think they had. We had Friend Within who's, you know, worked with Disclosure, and then Casey Lights, who's another dance act from, I think he's from Europe. He's, he- he's, he's sick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to get on the pack as well, and um, the remix has done really well. It's got, I think, 200k streams so far. Oh, that's awesome. I think you, you probably got a few... We shouted you out on uh, the potty maybe about a month ago. Hey, all. And um, <clears throat> told everyone to put your shit on uh, repeat. So oh, thanks, I don't know if that's trolling the numbers, but um, that's, probably, that's probably got my two hundred k strength. <laughs> thanks, guys. You might have got you might have got like two hundred from my phone itself <laughs> um, and my own. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, you probably don't want to name the remixes that you did of the artists you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's leave that. You got a chance yeah. to you got a chance to hang out with Pinel, did you? Yeah, they're really nice guys. Like I had a quick chat with them before the gig, um, before they, they play, um, before they played the after party. They they were wrecked though. Like yeah, they um they'd obviously been up since like however whoever knows in the morning, and then by the time I played, I think it was two a.m. at night. So they obviously like had the Aria Awards. Yeah, they they, they played there. So it was massive. Um, but they're really nice guys. And then um, they gave me a shout out as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were like, um, gave me kind of the rep, you know, one to watch in 2018, which was awesome. Was that part, do you know if that part was televised? Because you know how awards shows, they often only televise like... Yeah, no, this was just like, um, you know, on, on blogs and stuff. But, oh, um, They right. gave, gave me a rap, which was yeah. dope. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, so I was pretty stoked with that. And that's done really well, just kind of get the name out there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do dance or house songs ever have like themes? How so? Like, uh, you know, Taylor Swift's songs are always about breakups pretty much. Oh yeah. Um, and then you got like hip hop always is talking about like relevant stuff like, you know, well, or, Mm. or stupid shit like money and cars and shit. But then there's also like the political side of it, like Donald Trump and all of that people, uh, often dropping his name in songs these days and mm, mm. yeah no the house music does do that it's um it's usually it's probably up its own ass a little bit it um usually talks about how good house it how it is like yeah. and, how, and how and how house you know it's that's that's kind of like hip-hop though yeah like every, they don't talk so much about how good hip-hop is but as individuals like I'm the best rapper alive or like yeah. stuff like that but also it's very welcoming as well it's very like you know no matter who you are or what like just come into our house and yeah. you know and be a part of our house and then you know that's yeah. which I find is pretty cool yeah there's a, there's a number of um, records I'll have to think it's on my phone um, but yeah they, house music if anything just talks about you know welcoming and getting around you know house music itself that yeah. makes sense um, before Flash 89, you were in a duo, Senor Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did, how did that come about? Senor Raw? Yeah. So I'm just finishing that burger. Sweet lose. Good shit. What do you think? I gave a 7.5. I didn't mind. I'll give it a 7. 
Seven? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, everyone's about burgers these days, but yeah, I read it. I'm a big curry guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Curry. I went out for Thai on Friday night. Oh, Thai curry's dope. And then I had um, Indian on Saturday night. Far out, man. You're an animal. I'm a big curry guy. Big curry guy. So I'll have Indian and then I'll be like, all right, I'm done for another three months. (sighs) Yeah, Indian's a bit, can be a bit rich. I could eat Thai food probably every day. It's like KFC. You feel sick after you eat it. Yeah, well, KFC's different. KFC's yeah, I wouldn't. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean hey, to I don't want to bullshit on KFC. But if they, if they want to come and be a sponsor, they can. They, they can come and be a sponsor because I'll I'll eat their shit daily if I have to. Hey, like I I like KFC for the first like minute and then you know. Yeah. And then Shout out to KFC if we. Hey yo. No KFC. offense. <laughs> no, like we dig it. Yeah. You, know, you can sponsor the potty. Um, what. Did you say again? What's the question? Um, All I can think of was curry. <laughs> <laughs> you said everyone's into burgers these days. Mm. Seven. So are you a harsh critic? Am I a harsh critic? Because we've done a few burger places, you and I. <sighs> I, I don't want to name the other ones since we're not eating it, but mm. there's the one um, down by the bike shop. Yeah. And then there's the one further up that same road next to the Euros place. That's right. Which one of these three would you say is the best? I wouldn't recommend. I don't know. I don't rate. Probably Sweet Losers been up there, but I don't know, man. They're not that fantastic. Like, I liked the one near the bike shop. I judge a burger on the price, and you know, how good it is, right? So if it's like twenty bucks for like one burger, mm. you know, they're getting a bit outrageous with that. Oh my god, you know, and then what? Five bucks for an Uber, like Uber. Yeah. All of a sudden, you've spent $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said, yeah, so how did Senor Raw come about? Oh, okay, yeah, Senor Raw. So um, that was the first successful electronic thing I'd have been involved with, I think. Like, mm-hmm. um, I worked with a uh, friend of mine, Mike Wells, who's still heavily involved with Senor Raw. He's, he's carrying the flag and he's doing really well. Okay. Um, but yeah, when we worked together early on, that was our first thing together. Uh, we needed a name. That was it at the time. I can't remember how we came up with it. I think Mike actually came up with it. We wanted something that we could use and play all sorts of electronic music and had no sort of rules. Yep. But anyway, like getting through that, that was my first experience with having the big dance acts around the world playing my records. So we had like Diplo, Skrillex, Dylan Francis. That's crazy. All the big names and like dropping us. I think they still play some of the records you wow. know, that I was involved with like three years later. Like Jaws play, it plays the records like at all, like the festivals around the world. And that kind of gave me the confidence to really pursue um, Flash. Right. You know, and like... You were know, you Flash... Were you Flash in Senora? No. no I, like Flash started a year after and I didn't even know what it was. Okay. Like I didn't have a name, nothing. I just knew like I'd read it. I was ready to move on. Um, so Mike and me agreed that, you know, obviously we're still really good friends. And um, he was still feeling the music. He was still all about it. So we, you know, just left it at that. And I said, all right, I'm going to go do my own thing and work on that. I don't know what it is yet, but, you know, I'm going to go do this, leave yeah. that. And then, yeah, so he's doing that. And... Um, I've just started to bring the Flash project together now, which is good. How's how do you how do you make a, a record with a partner? I mean, you guys were both, obviously both uh, located in Adelaide. 
So yep. you, you had the ability to be in the same room at the same time. Is that how you generally did it? Or did you send stuff to and fro? Generally, yeah, it was to and fro. So that's that seems like, to me, that seems like a difficult sort of process. There's no instant <clears throat> feedback. Like, you and me are sitting here right now, mm. and if I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, are you, are you feeling this? You're like, no. Nah. And I'm like, okay, I'll, how about this? And you're like, yeah, mm. we, we're straight into it. Mm. What if you sit there for two hours and you, you put something together and you send that? Mm. What do you think of this? He's not checked his emails for a day, so you don't, you don't find out two days later. Yeah. No, I'm not really feeling that. Yeah. No, fair point. Um, we had a pretty good, like a pretty good mutual partnership in that way. Like he was always very prompt on that sort of stuff. So we never really had any kind of like, oh, sorry, man, haven't checked my emails, whatever kind of examples. But um, we never really, I think we preferred to work separately. Mm-hmm. Like. It gave me a chance to really like, you know, tinker around and stuff. And like, there's nothing worse than being in the studio with someone and um, having to tinker around with stuff. It kills the vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even we've experienced it, like, cause it's just like, you don't, it's hard. You get a gauge of how everyone works differently. Like I've worked with a number of people in the studio and outside and I kind of prefer just to do my own thing, get it the way I want it and then go, what do you think of this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it usually comes out better that way. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. When you first, going back a little bit, when you first started, did you teach yourself everything? Yeah. So was that a lot of, was that like reading, YouTube? Yeah, so much. Like, it's just like, like obviously we're lucky we have the internet these days. So learning such a complex thing isn't as complex. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like, you know, this was what, I started producing when I was like 19 or 20. 28 now so I've been producing for 8 years or so so things weren't you know it was different still back yeah. then but um but it's still like you you have to learn so many different things so you have to learn first of all the electronic side you need to learn what what plugs into what mm. for how long and mm. Mm. needs how much power and right. do I like yeah. what's safe and all this and then you need to like um, figure out how to work it all mm. in terms of like the actual hardware, then the software that comes with it, you got to figure out how to work. Mm. You, you know, there's probably like a basic level where like when you're first starting, you know, set this to the middle, but then like now that you, you're well versed in it, like you can, you can alter that whenever you want. Like, mm. and then also the music and how, how it breaks down, how you, how you want to move through a song, whether it's like the melody or the the bass mm. or the vocals, which you want to be mm. um, going through. Like it's so much to learn, especially, mm. yeah, especially um, without any formal training. Yeah. When you put it that way, I kind of feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even do it. And just like, like breaking it down like that just like overwhelmed me. Like yeah, yeah. I'm fucking Woo! sweating. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're exactly right though. And that's what, that gives you that pride of being a producer because there's all that, you know, you have to do your 10,000 hours yeah, to get good at something. And um, it is really all trial and error. Like I taught myself so much. Um, I, I had the luxury of having a couple of friends that were much more advanced than me at the time. So I didn't, I didn't, I, they never taught me specifically, but they were, you know, like hanging around them a lot. I'd pick the crap out of their brain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, you know, Motez um, is a good friend of mine. Another really talented guy is Shane Cross. Mm-hmm. One, you know, Motez is what he's writing indie now. You know, he was probably writing a thing called Fidget House eight years ago, which is like a kind of electro kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So 
different ends of the scale. Shane was uh, riding trance, but I just got little bits and pieces from them that were really helpful and then watching YouTube. And then the biggest thing was just trial and error. Just trying yeah. to write as many records as you can, writing a lot of shit ones. And I still do it. And that's that 10,000 hours. Yeah. And you, you kind of just, from writing the shit, you listen back and you're like, oh, I could have done this right. Or I could have done that better. And, and you, that's it. You just climb the climb the ladder of you know, shit yeah. records in this case. And, and, I, and of course, you still do it. Like, yeah, know, yeah. NBA players still have shit games. Yeah, yeah. and you, you can only learn from it. And I think that's a good thing to be able to understand is knowing something is shit that you've done because you go, all right, I'm not the standard that I am that I want to be. Yeah. You know, if I was just like, all right, like I think this is dope, and like, you know, like what's wrong with it? I can't figure it out. You know, like that's what I mean. You have to be able to understand that it's, it's shit or like it's not as good where you should be. To be able to get to that point where it will be that good, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, and then eventually it just, from my experience, eventually you'll get to that one that everyone gets around, you know. Right. So like, whereas I think you know, me and Mike wrote a record called Jenga, and and um, you know, Diplo played it, no, DJ Snake played it, and I think was it Tomorrowland or is Coach he that or British guy? Diplo, or DJ Snake, DJ Snake, DJ Snake's uh, French guy. I think he played me some of his stuff once at your house. You don't know DJ Snake. Uh, you know you what? Yeah, I know. Music. I know. Uh, you. I reckon you would have heard him anyway. He's like. He's on the. He's. I would have heard much, him, but I don't yeah. know him by name. Yeah. Either. No, that's fair. But yeah, like it's just you know those guys getting around you really help your profile and yeah everyone else get around you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how did you how did you transition from Senor Raw to Flash eighty nine? Um, I kind of cut all ties in the sense that. Um, like, I still have the same manager. <clears throat> I have a manager and, and he still manages senior and still manages me. But I pretty much went to the point... I didn't actually know I wanted to do Flash. I knew I didn't want to be a part of that project anymore. And I uh, Why? Uh, I was going through a lot of life changes, like, you know, of different scales. Yeah. And, um, you know, through change, I kind of just knew that that part of what I was about was over. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know what else I was going to do, but I knew I had to leave that to find out what I was going to do next. So I did that one on a holiday and just kind of started really trying to listen to music. I didn't even know when I wanted to do music anymore. I was kind of like pretty lost. And then um, when I went on a holiday and went to a few gigs and I started getting a vibe and getting that kind of that oomph back, you know what I mean? That kind of that click or that inspiration. And then I came back to Australia um, and started working on the Flash Project, which is, you know, I didn't know what it was yet. I didn't have a name for it. I just um, knew I wanted something that was different that uh, suited the style of music that I pictured in my head, which turned out to be house music. Because I used to write house music when I was like 22, 21. And then, um, so I've always kind of enjoyed house music. And then, yeah, um, that's how I got back into that. And yeah. What's the, what's the motivation behind all of it? Um, a number of things. I think uh, writing music kind of makes you feel like you have some sort of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, special for lack of a better word. Um, it kind of gives you a purpose. You know, that's a big reason why I do it. Um, I'd like to do it. You know, and not have to juggle a day job. I'd, I'd, you know, love to give it my all, at least for a few years. And yeah. then, um, and I just like, I love the feeling of writing a record <clears> and <throat> seeing people dance to it, which it's, you know, it's something. It's pretty special kind of feeling. Yeah. Um. So. What's what would you say is the biggest gig you've played? 
Biggest gig. Um, Where at and how many people? Um, the biggest like number of people or the best vibe? Both. <laughs> um, it's hard to say. It'd have to be under like the Senior Raw banner. Like we played some pretty epic shows. We yeah. played um. There's a really cool place in Sydney called Chinese Laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard about it. Heard yeah, they, they, it's pretty like grungy kind of <clears throat> club. Very similar to like Electric Circus in Adelaide, like kind of like in a basement vibe. Yeah. But um, the way that people get around music there is, is really cool. Like, you know, you could, I kind of felt like I could play anything. I remember just as me and Mike were starting to get some real buzz with like Diplo and everyone getting around us, um, playing our records, Skrillex and stuff, we played a show in... Um, Chinese Laundry in Sydney mm-hmm. and it was just the sickest vibe you know like we're dropping records left right and centre you know I think we played you know 80 records in a set of if, say it be an hour do you know what I mean it's just like wow new record you know with like minutes and then the next one and it was just it's just a really cool vibe and then um, in terms of people I don't know like HQ Complex always had some pretty good you know kind of I never went to the old one, but I heard it was pretty big. Yeah, yeah, like when those nights were heaving, it was pretty epic. <clears throat> and um, yeah, played a number of festivals, but um, yeah, I think Chinese Laundry is... I'm all about the vibe, do you know what I mean? You have a lot of people, but you want everyone to be really getting around what you're playing. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, and you you mentioned earlier that you had a, a plugger or plugger. S- something um, along those lines. Was that for the Go Bang record? Oh, no, just uh, people getting involved with um, kind of trying to push um, uh, my, my latest record, Generate. Generate, that's right. Yep, and, um, you know, just getting the responses and um, trying to get that out there as best possible. Um, yeah, so that's my first single for Flash. Generate. Generate, yeah. And and that's... Um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. The word, wrong. Original, is that original? Original, what on? Yeah, so no, I've done a remix so far for Pinyao, which is the Go Bang release, and then um, my first single is Generate, which has just come out last week on Friday. Okay, Um, and is, what's the name Generate come from? Is that because of the vocals in the song? Yes, Um, as much as I, like whenever I write a record, I try not to name it the most obvious yeah. you know what I mean so if you know you've got a thing saying let's get down don't call it let's get down yeah. you know what I mean yeah. but in this case it's an exception okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, does does your manager have any input does he is he like this is what we we need from this record does he no uh, my manager's really good he's you know he's, um, he's we've got a pretty cool partnership in the sense that he kind of you know he really like when I especially when I went to him first yeah he was still willing to take a chance on me sort of thing. Like yeah. he kind of believed in what I wanted to do. And so like, he does have a lot of input. Like I'll, I'll, you know, he's almost like a second part of the team. Yeah. Like I'll go, what do you think of this idea and stuff? And if I'm really feeling it, I'll just rock with it anyway. But um, I always do appreciate his feedback and stuff. So right, that's pretty good that way. So you've got, <clears throat> you got pretty much free reign in terms of uh, creative freedom. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, otherwise you can't be successful. Like, you pretty you know, much have, otherwise you have to be indie. <laughs> yeah, indie. I mean, independent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and well, we've released this record independently, um, the Generate. But um, no, you're right. Like, and if you're writing for someone else, 
I don't know, I can't really see you being successful in the long run. Yeah. You know well, you can probably be successful because they probably have a formula, but uh, there's a huge difference between happiness and success. Exactly right. I was going to say, yeah, it depends what your idea of success is. How many haircuts do you get per day? <laughs> I saw your eyes twitch as I was watching <laughs> And I was like, here we go. Um, I get one every day. No, <laughs> no every, three weeks is my limit. Three weeks? Oh, that's not... That's not absurd. You know, and you know, I was, I used to think this, like... I'm a two-week guy. Two so, week. You're so a two-week guy. What am I talking shit for? You ain't good shit. What the... Yeah. No joke. You, you cut your hair every two weeks. Yeah, every second Friday. Yeah. You, you know, you cut it though, don't you? I cut it, yeah. Yeah, the problem is I get it every three weeks and I pay for it. Yeah. Even though, like, my barber's dope. Zach's grooming. Shout out. <laughs> no, but like, um, yeah, it gets expensive, man. Mm. look good all the time. Yeah, well, got to look good. Gotta look good. Look good, feel good. That's you it. You look good, you feel good. You think you look good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I'm, your brother DJs, or does he produce as well? No, not anymore. No, no. no Ben, uh, my brother, has found his interest in gaming. Gaming? Because last time I was at your house was only a few months ago and he was still doing music, I think. Oh, no, I think he was probably... Oh, maybe, but these. I think for at least nine months he has been dedicated game designer designer mm, yeah is that his job or does he that's what he's working on yeah and it seems to be he's putting in he's putting in that work though like he's he's, he's on his way to doing his 10,000 hours so to speak does he go to uni for that or anything or? no no he's, it's uh he's done it on his own, on his, off his own back but shit I mean I didn't go to uni to write music do you know what I mean yeah but um not to downplay writing music, I feel like yeah. game doesn't like coding and all of this. Yeah, like, well, I as far as I believe, like I see a lot of similarities in producing because he just watches YouTube for it. Oh, okay. Which I find interesting. I, I'm pretty ignorant, like I don't know a lot about it. Neither do I, but it just seems so hard. Oh, it's it's hard as shit. <laughs> That's from what I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, oh, because I was going to talk about you inspiring him. Well, he was he was it. Because of you, is that how he got into music in the first I place? I think right? that might, yeah, I, maybe little brother syndrome. Maybe yeah. I don't know, but like he's yeah for a for a while there he kind of just kind of you know followed my footsteps whether it was what, what volleyball or yeah you know back in the day or um yeah music DJing producing yeah but yeah no credit no discredit to him he's um he's charging with it and that's now, what big brothers are for for that's it. Um, but now he, but now he can, now he has the ability to produce his own soundtracks for his games, which is yeah, which is sick. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. a lot of money too. Um, what about do what about your parents? Do they get into your music? Yeah, my my family's all about it. My dad's, you know, um, doesn't really understand it, but he's always been supportive. My mum's really about it. My grandma's probably the most all about it. She's a raver. Um, yeah, well, she used to work for EMI Records back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, so she's always been like a real... She was a plugger for EMI Records. And so uh, there is a little bit of music in the family. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even realise. But I, I definitely take up to my grandma. It's like, in the bloodline. It's a musical passion. Like, right. Yeah. Um, like, that's it. Yeah, so she's she's all about music and she's all about what I do, which is pretty cool. Is she still around? She is, yeah, yeah. My, my, I'm looking after my grandma and my grandpa are pretty young and still healthy. So, yeah? Yeah. And how about your folks there both still around yep yep still got the rents which is awesome yeah you know? um uh yeah lucky <laughs> yeah. yeah um so 
we'll go back to balance for a second. So you you work part time should give you more of a chance to you know write music mm, four days a week. Yep. Produce that. Um, <clears throat> but so if you work if you work four days, you spend three days focusing on music. You don't burn out from from just. That's big. <laughs> that seems like a lot. It's actually, yeah, that's that's a good point to have because um, I did go through that probably a year and like two years ago, and it's a big reason why I probably went through that change of projects. Yeah. Because I did burn out, so to speak. I was also in a relationship at the time and that, and then trying to juggle music and do this and that, and I really didn't. When I had my time off, I wasn't really having proper time off. I was never switching off, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which is an important thing to do. So these days, obviously, you know, I have my Mondays, my dedicated music day, but I, you know, I'll work nine to five on a Tuesday and then come home and write music still. Yeah. Um, but either way, like I'll still have times where I'll like, you know, all right, this is this is the day to take off for. Yeah. You need to have those days where you just totally switch off because otherwise one, it starts becoming fun. Two, you're not living and you're not living in the moment. Yeah. You know, because you could die tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And if you're obsessed with, you know, trying to write, I was, the thing, my problem was I was always trying to write that next thing that was going to get me successful or something. Yeah. And if you're trying to chase that all the time, you're never really going to chase that, grab it. It needs to be organic. Exactly. And even when I was getting these little successful things, I was like, that's dope. But, you know, this needs to happen next. That's not enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's almost, that is something that, um, it can be dangerous to think that that's not a positive thing because mm. go, being motivated mm. is different to being driven mm, 100%. and being driven is different to being obsessed. And if you're obsessed with something, you're more likely to achieve it yeah, than yeah. just being uh, quote unquote motivated. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty motivated right now talking to you talking about all like all this music and what you've done, how, how you've got there. But that, that doesn't mean that I'm going to write a record tonight, you know? Mm, mm, mm. But if I was driven, like it's, if I was mm. driven to do it, I would stay up tonight. I would, you know, call in sick for work tomorrow. If I was really yeah. driven, you know, quit my job if I was obsessed and yeah. become successful, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's that line um, to, yeah, to be successful. But like we said before, Happiness and success is a different thing. So when you do get to that yeah. that area of obsession, and you don't have anything else in your life, mm. think about you. Think about if you're obsessed with the record that you're writing and it flops, mm. how negative an effect that would have on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're definitely right. Like, I, and that's probably my biggest lesson. Like, I've had a taste of. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've had a taste of success and like, I feel like, it, you know, I'm going to get there again, eventually have a way because, you know, of being driven. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to do it the right way. Like, you know, you've, you've got to still switch off and enjoy life. You can't just let chasing that thing that you're trying to chase be the, you know, kind of the be all and end all. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. And if you get there... Um, holding on to it is dangerous in terms of um, your ego. Yeah, uh, well, there's like a lot of successful kind of guys that have not, you know, like they were massive and in the especially with the, with dance music is because it's such a such a absorbable type yeah. of music. It's like phases come and go really quickly. Yeah, so, so you need to be able to throw it away and ground yourself again and sort of sort of climb the rungs each time you release yeah, an exactly. album or a record. 
Yeah, and that's what I guess some of the biggest dance acts in the world, the ones that have stuck around, have done. You know, done the best. Like, yeah. Um, and changing their sound and stuff like that. Adapting which is, and like yeah. I don't know a whole lot of those type of artists, but like for example, Skrillex, um, doing that Wild for the Night track with ASAP Rocky. Mm. Like that's not really. It it is his sound, but it's not like. Mm. He Skrillex is versatile. That's yeah, his best which is that's it. how you stick around for a long time. Which is um, yeah, it's interesting. It's how I like that's how I look at um NBA players like Dwayne Wade. Mm. He was so explosive in his younger days. Had some knee, ankle, hip injuries, and now he's a below the rim player for Ness guy. Yeah, and he's it allows him to stay in the league longer. Yeah. He's changed his game. Yeah, which would be hard, is hard to do. Which is like a Skrillex move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. No, no, like 100% though, you got to adapt and be versatile, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess that's the way that, especially with dance music. Yeah. Um. So, outside of music, work, what do you what do you do what do you do to escape that and sort of um and not get to that exce- uh, obsessed level um drink too much no, <laughs> <laughs> no just uh, just the usual just like hang with mates um you know i try to exercise a lot you know now i mean what now i'm doing kickboxing yeah you know like uh, how's that it's sick yeah like, yeah like muay thai sort of styles and it's it's really cool to yeah to learn how to actually punch something do you yeah. know what i mean but just yeah, like trying to stay fit, um, and yeah, uh, traveling as well. Traveling is a big one. Yes, but traveling I find is times when you travel that you really self reflect and and help you kind of like live in the moment more. Yeah, and renew that motivation and drive. Oh as man, well. every time I travel, like especially on planes, planes are when I do it. Like yeah, all you have, I mean, it's boring as shit, especially if you haven't got your phone set up to watch a goddamn movie. Yeah. <laughs> You know, or whatever. And then so all you're sitting there is like, all right, well, we're at, you know, like you've got you and your thoughts apart from, you know, baby behind you or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that's probably when you switch switch on the most or switch off rather and kind of self-reflect. And then every time I've come back from traveling, I come back a little more focused and and a little bit more better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's good. It's, a, it's for sure a recharge that most people experience. A lot of people hate traveling. Closed-minded people, I'm going to say, uh, yeah. as a generality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why eventually what made me sort of, like, I've done a trip to Europe and like, I've actually traveled a bit and then I've done ways of traveling that I've liked how I went about it and there's other ways I didn't like how I went about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just travel and you've still got to, like, you know, you travel and be on your phone, for example. Does my head in. You know what I mean? Like, if you're... You know, for instance, if you're in America and, you know, what, you've gone to a music festival for, say, Coachella, you know, because I did this last year. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, I was like, you know, you can check your phone and stuff but and do an update, but you don't want to be sitting there looking just to be seen there. You want to, like, really get around what's yeah. happening. Yeah. You know, and then, but even, like, you know, other places as well, like, I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for being on Welcome to the Party. Thanks for having me. Man. Um, do you have any plugs? Um, Apart from Sweet Lose. Yeah, like your own plugs. Generate your, I mean, your record label, whatever. Yeah, no, like so. Um, Social media. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and stuff. Twitter, you know, Flash89. Um, you'll find me there. Dot official, I think. 
Um, my record Generate is out now. It came out Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys want to get around my remix for Pinyao or my record Generate, i got a whole bunch coming out this year as well. Um, Where can they find that? Better go on SoundCloud if you just search Flash 89 on SoundCloud or Spotify actually. Spotify is even better. Um, and follow my um, Spotify playlist selects, Flash 89 selects if you can. Um, that's if you dig it. And then, yeah, just the basic socials. Even if you don't, motherfuckers, just follow that shit. Subscribe to the playlist. And you've got um, uh, social media. you got your uh, Instagram as well. Yes, Instagram. So Flash89. Just, you know, come on. It's, it's enough said. Flash89. Flash89. Search it on everything. Yeah. Make sure you get around him. Put his shit on repeat. Support the motherfucker. Yeah. Um, it was good talking to you, man. Thanks, man. It's good talking to you. Got a bit real talk there, but... Yes. <laughs> I hope you cats enjoyed that as much as I did, man. Like, he... Man, he's so driven, so excited about everything he does, and I really wish him the best. I hope... Uh, he finds what he's looking for in music, and I hope he... he make sure that he he can see that line between happiness and success uh, a bit of a recurring theme on the podcast lately but uh, I think it's it's important and um man oh, I'm loving having all these guests on mixing it up and um stay tuned because uh Saturday we got some more shit coming your way Clay and Tay the party boys bung bung oh.